a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly property. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we're joined by a young woman whose power percentage is outstanding. Her savings account is outstanding. She's in her 20s. She's trying to pay off a car and some student loans. And she joins us on the show now. Her name is Annie. Hello, Annie. Hello. 35% power percentage. For those that know what that means, know that that is perfect. That is exactly what we want. Do you feel like you are efficient with your income because that's what your power percentage tells us about you? I do feel like I'm doing pretty well. Um, I think that I can always do better, but it's kind of nice to have that reassurance. Let me just go ahead and make a guess. I don't know this to be true, but based on what you just said about the way I just complimented you, you are from the Midwest. Is this correct? <laughs> yes. See? Absolutely. Total downplay of an amazing job that's a very Midwestern move. Way to go. <laughs> All right. So t- tell us about your situation. You are how old? You make how much? What's going on? Let us know. Sure. So I'm 27 years old, and um, I've been in the workforce since I graduated from college at 23. I make $40,000. Um I just got a raise, actually, um, while signing up for this podcast. Nice. A 10% raise, which is, I feel like, fairly standard year by year. Um, I came out of school with a few student loans. Um, it was less than I made, which I always heard that if you have less student loans than the money that you make right out of school, that you're going to be fine, which I felt like has been pretty good. But um, since then, I've been working really hard to pay those off. Um at a speedy rate, I've been paying more than my minimum payment just to make sure that whenever I'm done paying those off, it feels like a nice little <laughs> nice. change left in my pocket. When will those be paid off? Do you know? I'm guessing in about three years. Okay, how I'm much? Hoping yeah. before I'm thirty. How much is left over? I have fourteen thousand. And you're paying about five hundred a month or so. Yes. <clears throat> and then, what's your minimum payment? Probably high one hundred. 200 yeah. somewhere there mm-hmm. and then you have a car yeah. payment right i do what's the deal with that what's the what's the uh balance what are what's the payment so the payment is 240 a month okay um which i pay just each month actually it's 230 and i pay 240 just to put a little bit extra down on it Whoa. um i have ten thousand left on it i believe okay so, yeah, that's the car issue. I bought that about two years ago, which it was one of those things like now I realize I probably shouldn't have gotten a car with a payment, but here I am. And then you've got quite a bit in savings. How did you get that money in savings? Just by putting it in a monthly basis? Did some event happen? Is it a tax refund check? How did you get uh, however much you have in savings? Yeah, so that's actually, I'm not totally sure how that all ended up there. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have been putting it in on a monthly basis. I was putting in, I think, two fifty a month, but also that came from. Um, I started with about three thousand right out of school, okay. Because it was, I think, left over from a family member who passed away. So I think my parents transferred that to me then, and so it's just sort of built upon that. Um, 
So that's actually one of my questions that I have about the savings is like, should I use um, a lot of that savings to pay down either my car payment or a student loan debt so that it's way, way smaller, but then I'm afraid I'll lose all my savings. Yeah. Like, what if I want to buy a house? I love it. I love all these questions. I get to ask you a bunch of questions in relation to them, though, if that's all right with you. Okay, good. All yeah. right. So how much do you have in savings again? Say that again, that amount. I have about 10000 Okay. And what's that account number? I'm kidding. Of course. I always try to <laughs> trick, <clears throat> trick people with that. Um, are you actively <laughs> still putting two fifty a month into that? No. Okay. So I'm actually... Yeah. So I'll tell you what I'm doing now is I opened another savings account because you know how Chase often does the, um, you get 300 if you open a new account sure. or checking account. So I actually have $500 going to that checking account a month. So technically I'm saving 500 a month now, okay. um, which is about a quarter of my income, which has kind of made my other checking account tight. Um, sure. And my other savings account with the 10000 is no longer growing. It's just staying there. So the other account that you're putting $500 a month into, what is it used for? What's, what's that money? Um, I've kind of been saving that because I'd like to start my own business. And so I haven't used it for anything. And what's the balance of it? Um, 2400 2500 okay. now. When do you think you would realistically start a business? Um... Well, if it's a small business, it's kind of like an Etsy shop of creating things on the side. I think I could start that anytime. Okay. But if it was an actual kind of brick and mortar, that's a long way off. Sure. Uh, are you putting any money towards retirement savings right now? Yes. And how much? Um, 5% of my income each paycheck. So 2000 bucks a year. That, yeah. And then are they matching? Is your employer matching? Yes. And about how much do you know? Also five percent. Oh, excellent! See, that's wonderful. Four four grand a year going. You are doing an amazing job with your income. So let's stop and recognize and enjoy that moment. You are doing it exactly like I wish everyone did it. What is your guilty pleasure? What do you spend money on that you feel bad about, or you don't feel bad about, but it's your great vice? What what is that thing? Hmm. Um. I, I do love to shop. I just always feel guilty when I go shopping because yeah. I'm like, I don't need to spend money on clothes. Do you want to, okay, now this is an important question. Do you want to not feel guilty or are you okay with that guilty feeling? I want to not feel guilty. Okay. So you've built up a, a, a heck of a base of your financial life. I think being out of student loan debt by the age of 30 is an amazing goal. I think what I want to work on today is how best to use your income to get out of debt faster without draining your savings. Does that sound like a fair plan? That would be great. Okay, so <clears throat> I feel like right now with 500 bucks a month going towards the new savings account, like what are we gonna call this thing? Can we call it the Etsy account? I don't know what we're gonna call it. We gotta call it something. Yeah. Okay, Etsy account. That that money better uh, may better be used to uh, go towards your student loan debt to get out of student loan debt faster, especially if you don't plan on using any of that savings, uh, the Etsy out of the Etsy account within the next year and a half. Now, if if you had plans to use five thousand dollars, of course twenty five hundred is there, but if there were five grand in there in the next six months and you wanted to use that, 
then this is a different story. But I think we can get you completely out of student loan debt in like a year and a half, maybe a year and three months. And then you'll have a thousand dollars a month to do whatever you want with. Mm -hmm. Has there, is there a reason why you wouldn't take the 500 a month going into the Etsy account and just pay on your student loans a thousand dollars a month right now and be completely done with it in 14 months? I mean, I guess not. I could do that. So are you saying stop actively <clears throat> saving any money and just stick with the savings I have and then just add whatever I'm like that extra 500 to a student loan? Yes. And here's why. Uh, so I, okay. I, we're gonna, I'm going to play like trick question time, but I'm not trying to trick you, even though it is a trick question, but we're just going to do it. Uh, what is the purpose of saving money? That is a question to you. What is the purpose of anyone saving money? Um, well, I think financial freedom, if something bad happens, to buy a house, I mean, that's, that's all for me. <laughs> okay, so all correct answers, right? So uh, I'm going to add some to that, and, and you've already sort of mentioned them. Number one is to um, grow your net worth for whatever reason, to, to buy a house, right? You, you, so a big point of it is to grow your net worth, to, to increase your net worth. The second part of it is to to prove that you don't need that money now. So basically to break your dependency on your income now, saying, I don't need this now, I'll save it for later, okay? So those are the two main two components that I, that I see. What does aggressively paying down debt do right now? It also increases your net worth, and it also proves you don't need that money right now. But the, the rub is that you're paying interest on the debt, so in many circumstances, once you've got the right amount of savings, which you do, you've got like almost $13,000, it makes sense to stop paying so much interest on your debts. That's not to suggest wipe out your savings account. That is to suggest stop saving money until you get out of debt because you have plenty of money saved. Once you're out of debt, then you can save the whole $1,000 a month and it's a lot more efficient. Does that make sense? I like that idea. I do too. It was my idea. So here's what I want you to do. <laughs> I want you to like let, let, let's like we recorded this or we are recording this on September 25th, 2018. You have about fourteen thousand dollars left in student loans, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fourteen months from now. I bet by the end of 2019, by the end of November of 2019, you can be completely out of student loan debt. How does that sound to you? I think that sounds awesome. Okay, so now here's the, here's the important part. Do you think you would need more than $2,500 out of your Etsy account within that 14 months? Or is the 2,500, is it enough to tide you over until November of 2019? The, um, oh, you're saying not use the current $2,400? but just whatever 500 coming sooner. Yeah, no, I guess I'm saying, so right now you have $2,400 in this Etsy account, right? What's what we're calling it? Is that right? Am I making the, uh -huh. okay. Sure, yeah. What I'm asking is, is there any chance in the next 14 months that you need more than $2,400 for small business purposes? Or do you think $2,400 over the next 14 months is enough to get done whatever you need to get done? No, I think that'll be plenty. Okay, 
So that's why I think we stop paying attention to that account and just use all those deposits going there, shift it to the student loan. Now, the, the, the other thing you could arguably do, but this complicates it a little bit, um, you could aggressively pay off your car loan instead because then you would get that $1,200, or pardon me, the, the 200 and whatever that you're paying a month plus the thousand additional you're paying, and then you could lump that towards a student loan. But I'd rather you just get out of student loan debt, frankly. Um, but Agreed. It's, yeah, and then, um, oh, this is fascinating. There was another <clears throat> question I was going to ask around this. What was it? This, is, this makes for good podcasting when the host completely loses their train of thought. It's really good show. Um, <laughs> oh, there it is, tax refund checks. Do you get tax refund checks? I do. What do you typically do with them? Put them in my savings. Okay, so guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna be out of student loan debt a year from today. I don't know what your, I don't know what your uh, tax refund is. Is what, like 2,000 bucks or something like that? Um, I don't think it was that high. I can't remember <clears throat> this year. 1,500? Maybe. I bet you can be out of student loan debt by this time next year. How amazing would that be? Okay. And that would be amazing. See, and Especially I think... Especially if I have $1,000 after that right. each month. That's it the best like part. Extra money. Now, I think someone that's driven like you, because you seem like... Uh, what do they call high achiever? You, you 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 get stuff done, right? I mean, you're sort of you probably got really good grades. You were very active. Like the, this is who you are. Is this correct? It, yes, very okay. much so. Okay, I, and I say that being a person who did not have good grades uh, and was not a high achiever for quite some time in my life. <laughs> but I, I I bring this up because I think if you actually set a date, like circle it on the calendar, and 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 push it up a little bit so that it's not November of 2019, but it is September 25th of 2019. I think it'll force your behavior in uh, July and August of 2019, and it'll force you to get out of debt sooner. And I think that's what someone like you can really thrive in because you're an achiever. You, you set a goal, you hit it, and then you move on and better your life beyond that. And I think that could be a really interesting way for someone like you, Annie, to live your financial life for the next 40 years is to consistently push yourself with goals uh, and then achieve them and then set a new goal. Does that make sense? It does. That doesn't work for everyone, by the way. If you're listening right now and, and, and it may work for you if you're not a high achiever, maybe it can turn you into a high achiever, but I'll tell you this, if you are a high achiever who is good at stuff, and of course you humbly won't admit that, but you are just good at stuff, you get stuff done, Use this technique because it will make your financial life amazing. And Annie, as you were about to learn, your power percentage is 35% right now, which uh, that accounts for paying off debt. Just imagine next year at this time with an entire power percentage goes to build assets, not just get rid of, get rid of debt. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm excited. And anyway. that's what, so I wanted to get onto the building assets part two because um, you know this getting out of debt thing it looks, I can see the silver lining. It feels close, especially sure. after we talked about that. Um, so now I'm trying to think about, you know, adding more to retirement, things like that afterwards, buying a house, like you said, building assets. And I just, I'm also thinking about how I'm a young millennial and I'm probably stuck in this cycle where we all feel like we're going to have to work until we're 75 years old. And frankly, I don't want to. Um, so I was just kind of wondering, like, what is your 
your recommendation on to make sure what's your recommendation to make sure I don't have to do that? A couple things. Uh, number one, I can I can say this with great certainty. You have not ruined your chances at retiring early based on what you've done so far. I hate to say it, but I talk to 27-year-olds all the time, and it's awful to say this. They've already ruined it. They have no chance oh. at retiring before 67 because of the lifestyles they're living. I feel, I feel like you live a very modest lifestyle that, that you enjoy and you have no problem with. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, the key is this. If you're completely completely out of student loan debt at age 28, right? You've got a couple years to save for a house. Let the economy shift in the next two, three years. The housing market, in my estimation, will reset. Prices will come back down because the, well, we can call it a crash, call it whatever you want. But even if you buy a house at 30, on a 15-year mortgage, you could own it when you're 45 years old. You can own a home outright. That puts you back in control because when that house is paid off, all that monthly uh, dedicated money can then go to whatever you want. It continues to break your dependency on your income. And meanwhile, again, you're, you're continuing to aggressively put money into your 401k. I think right now getting out of debt by the time you're 28, that's brilliant. And then all of your focus goes towards asset building. I would not increase your 401k right now at all because I would just focus on getting $1,000 freed up a month by next September. Okay. Awesome. I love your situation. I, I, I mean, I do a lot of work in the college space. That doesn't mean I'm like a creepy guy that shows up at parties. Uh, it just <laughs> means that like we help educate uh, college students and, and people in their 20s. If every situation was exactly like yours, I would sleep better at night. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Well, thanks. That's what I like to hear. Now, I have to ask, was this sensibility instilled in you from your parents? Yes. Very much so. They've always been frugal. I mean, we've always had everything that we could possibly ask for, and I kind of want to emulate that lifestyle going forward. You know, I, I'm frugal, but in the sense of making sure that I have it for the important things, just kind of like they did, too. You know, we never went hungry. We had opportunities for family vacations that we always took, um, Christmas presents. You know, I'm a super lucky person, and I just want to be able to kind of emulate that, you know, maybe someday when I have a family too. So yeah, I basically copy what they do. Hey Frank, jump on the, jump on the mic there real quick. You, uh, yeah. you available? How much do we, lo do we love Annie here? Oh, we love Annie. Annie, I, you're the best. She's You've made my day. I'm having a good day anyway, but I, I like people like you a lot. I like you. I, it's just like, this just proved $40,000 is a nice wage. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not but you are financially stable on $40,000. You know how many people make so much more than you and are completely clueless when it comes to how to deal with it. And no matter how much you make going forward, whether you make $40,000 for the rest of your life or that continues to creep up or you at some point get in a relationship where your income grows that way, you will always be fine with his sensibility. And that makes me so happy. And it makes me uh, hopefully thankful or hopefully that you are thankful to, to your upbringing for helping you with that sensibility. It's such a wonderful thing. Well, thanks. <laughs> so I, don't, you, I, I, I wouldn't even know what to say either. Any other questions? Because um, this is one of those scenarios we've talked about on the show before. At some point in time, you just have to trust your ability to make good decisions and you've earned that right. So it's not to say you, can't, you won't make a mistake or that you won't go wrong, but you're more likely than not 
to continue to make good decisions. But so what additional questions can we help you with today? Yeah, so um, like you were just saying, it's $40,000, you know, that is a decent amount of money to make. There are people who make more that are in more situations, all those kind of things. Um, but I know that like to do, I guess, more that I want to do, I don't want to just feel okay. I want to feel successful, sure. um, which I know is kind of my own feeling. Nobody else can give me that, blah, blah. Um, but to do that and to make more money, I kind of want to do it in more um, entrepreneurial ways. Like I said, yes. I want to start a business. I think it would be great to get into real estate. Is that something you recommend? Um, not while I'm still in debt, obviously, for the next year, but maybe in the next five or ten years. Is that something that is a good idea for people like me. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting about the way you said that is there's there's two perspectives on how you can succeed in your career and your finances. There's some people believe you need to succeed in your career so your personal finances can flourish. I disagree with that. I think taking mm -hmm. your personal finances and making good decisions allows you to flourish in your career. And I think you're the perfect example of that because next year at this time, you will have a thousand dollars a month of additional cash flow which means you can take risks, you can make investments in a business, you can live on less. Let's say you quit your job and start a coffee shop and you have to live on $1,200 a month until you get up and going. Guess who can do that next year? You, right? And so I'm, I'm all for taking risks in your 20s, even your 30s, 40s, 50s, but in your 20s as a, as a CEO of a a guy, this guy sold his company for $400 million. I've had him on my radio show a few years ago. So what's the best piece of advice you can give to young entrepreneurs in their 20s? And he said, there's no such thing as risk when you're in your 20s. You're not risking anything. You have, to, if you're not doing it then, when are you going to do it? So I know for someone with your sensibility, any uh, sort of deviation from a fixed salary seems risky, but I would argue it's risky to continue to do that for 30 years as opposed to what you're going to put yourself in a position to do next year at this time. Uh, long answer to a great question. And the, the short answer version is this. Absolutely, next year at this time, mix it up because you've earned the right to do it. You've got money in savings. You've got a ton of cash flow. That's when you, that's when you should act. That's when you should do something. All right. I feel good about this. It makes me excited for next year and it kind of makes me want to pay even more money to the debt because yes. that kind of gives me that finale of like, you can do it now. You can. And I, I, I say that I've said it twice already. I want, and, you know, this is one of the most powerful exercises I ever did. I got it from a book called the success principles. Great book. If you want to read it, it's that's, I think it's like 67 principles of how to whatever. And one of them was to divide your age by three. Okay, so uh, Annie, you were 27 years old. That means there are three nine-year periods in your life, right? Uh, and what you're mm -hmm. supposed to do is to think of the top three achievements in each of those periods of your life and just write them down. So it's a little tough, like ages zero to nine years old, like, I don't know, you win the spelling bee? I don't know, right? I mean, wh whatever I those. You did, of course you did. Of course you did, right? So that's one of them. Something else, right? And then you go from, all right, from 10 to 18, what, what, what was it? And then from, you know, 1927, what is it? And what you'll find is you're going to see this pattern of not just success, but types of success. And what it can allow you to do is you project forward to the next nine years, you can start to form 
the confidence in your ability to achieve things. Like it's, it's, it's not that you just made it through college or got a scholarship or whatever the reality probably is. It's that you're the type of person who can consistently do that. That's why when you think like you do, it's not good enough to just say, well, this is fortunate for me. No, you have to harness those wins to project what the next wins are going to be. I feel like I'm Tony Robbins. And I just give you this big pep talk. But does that make sense? <laughs> it does, yeah. I mean, that was my favorite exercise I've ever done. Like, I, I think I did it when I was like 36 or something like that. And so you just kind of go through. And it's, it's weird how all of your best moments throughout your entire life, there's a weird pattern to them, depending on who you are, right? Mm-hmm. This is this has gotten strange. I feel like I need to light incense. I don't know what's going to happen next. It's just <laughs> like patchouli in here. Anything else I can help you with today? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think I just have a good plan for at least the next year. Yes, you do. And after that, I have the freedom to to see what comes. Will you update us, please? I will. Yeah. Right. Now I have uh, I have an understanding that you have a question you want to ask me off the air, so we're not going to do not hang up. Nicole, do not hang up on our friend Annie. Uh, as I close the show here. Uh, so Annie, thanks again for joining us. You will update us, of course, and hang on, and I will answer your other question off the air. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week's Pete the Planner Show. Be like Annie. Man, I like her so much. Come on, just do it. Be yourself, whatever. How about that weird... Uh, uh, Nicole, was that a little pep talky at the end with like, the, the personal growth thing, or did it work? It, you know, it got a little daddy. Yeah, well, a little like, daddy? Like, like I am a father. Little daddish, but I'm a dad. I can't help it. I know. Hey, but us, oh my us, gosh, us young twenty-somethings appreciate it. As I wrap up the show right now, let me tell you, my dad Sherpa game has increased exponentially since <gasps> soccer season. Yeah, I got a collapsible wagon for my trunk, so now I can put the collapsible chairs in the collapsible wagon, and I know how to carry everything. Dad Sherpa for life. That's it for the Pete the Planner show. This is my show. This is for information purposes only. Not the central planning the flights. Consult a ventral divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now. You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. Oh, there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner empire that you know nothing about until today. It's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm this chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?